are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. It is good to be in God's people in His house tonight. The parking lot is wonderful, and the sun is now down. It's cooler over here. What a great, great crowd. What a great day today. Uh, that was Naomi Lewis that was singing. She was born here. Her little baby had a one-year-old birthday. She and her husband yesterday or this week, and uh, her and her mother and six sisters were in the auditorium for about six or seven hours this week. We had some construction done in there, and when we move back in, you'll see it uh, on the platform. Uh, the uh, flooring, and um, they work so very diligently. It's just breathtaking. It's beautiful. Then the Echoes of Joy, the first group, sang over here. Those girls all grew up here. They're young adult ladies, and we're just so proud of them and thankful for them. And then the uh, girls over here, a new group, sang, it's only sung twice. Uh, Echoes, um, uh, the uh, uh, ladies group here, sang. It was just beautiful, ladies. I appreciate that. And uh, the men's quartet, and uh, brother, you don't see the pianist back here. Brother Galvan's back here playing. Right there was Melissa Lico playing. David Apusin played tonight. And uh, it is wonderful to be with you. Um, I, I want to tell you, it's no hype, no hype on my part. I, I'm loving it. It is great. And um, I, I'm excited about the fall decorations. We, we, we're going to get back inside, but we're going to have to have Christmas out here. Christmas is going to be too awesome. And uh, I look, that's an amen right there. And it, I don't know all that God has for us, but I know in his time, we're going to be exactly where we need to be. Thank you for your attitude. Thank you for your spirit. Young people out front uh, that are watching in the teen service, I appreciate you so very much. You know, Lord willing, as Brother Cooper said, there is Sunday school next week. Uh, believe it or not, I have two phones. I've lost the one. Uh, if you, some of you have uh, tried to get a hold of me, I lost my car, but I'm not looking for it because I don't even like one phone. But I have two, and um, I, I, um, I, um, I, I noticed on one of them it said on Sunday there's going to be rain. The other one said no rain. So if it rains, we'll just have to alert you, but we're having church outside here, rain or not, and we'll look forward to all that. When it snows, we'll have church outside here. It'll be fine. It'll be great. Great crowd here tonight. Wednesday night, Brother Cooper's preaching, and then we go through the list of men that are preaching. Brother Bertram last Wednesday night. I want these men to experience the joy of preaching in here. I want you to hear them. They're amazing. That message, Brother, Brother um, Bertram, how you ever got all that out of those texts was amazing. And it blessed my heart so very much. And so we're in Revelation 4. This is the third message in that chapter. Brother Cooper will finish it off. The casting the crowns at his feet. It's going to be a wonderful service. We look forward to it. And then I want you to know that at the, um, uh, 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 the close of the service tonight, I've already done a, just an a introductory short 40-second video in the auditorium. But afterwards, uh, we're going to greet President Trump and his wife. And we'll send it to them tomorrow, Lord willing, to let them know we're praying for them. And it's perfectly fine to make a video. But the thing is, when we do a video, you got to bring your amen with you. 
So when, when you got to talk to me when I'm, when I, if I say we're praying for you. That, that, that's what it's all about, all right? And uh, I, would, I would want this, if it was a Democrat or Republican, I'd, I'd want the president to know we're praying for him and his wife. And so we look forward to that. To close the service, Brother Moyer waved me down if I fail to remember to do that, but we will. In this convertible right down here, uh, Brother Darwin and his wife Nancy and daughter Tiffany are here. Uh, the Woodens, they, uh, they were invited to church several years ago. They live in Santa Barbara now. Uh, Nancy's a nurse down there. And um, Tiffany's a designer. Brother Darwin, you're such a blessing. They drove five hours to be here. Say, we just want North Valley Baptist Church. No, we are appreciate them. We love them. We're standing with them. And I, I appreciate you folks. And, and um, Brother Darwin, so we know who you are, give us a horn honk right here. That's it right there. That, good. That's it. That's that horn right there. And we're so delighted that you come. And I, I had the joy of baptizing Tiffany. Brother, um, Brother Martinez led mom and dad to Christ and baptized them. So that is great. Men's prayer, Brother, Brother Cooper mentioned it. We also have a great crowd that's coming to Spanish prayer as well. I think I've covered my announcements I need to cover with you tonight. And uh, I, um, I meant every word I, I preached this morning. These are days not to be weak. These are days to be strong in the Lord. And um, your adversity might not be COVID right now. It might be the loss of a job. It might be the loss of a business as a result of COVID. It might be a marriage difficulty or a family difficulty or a child difficulty or it might be a health situation. But I have been so encouraged with God's people because it seems like, it seems like to me that COVID has caused you to be strong in God, strong in the Lord. These are days not to get weary and not to think we're the only generation that's faced something difficult. And it is difficult. 31 weeks that we've been in this situation. And I hurt for God's people. But I'm also very grateful that you're not giving up and you're in this thing. And it's been a wonderful joy to watch how that you have stayed true to the Lord. Thank you for encouraging my wife and myself. And thank you for being good people, great people. And let's stay strong in the Lord. Well, tonight, it's very rare that I preach the same text morning and night. It's not planned uh, to finish a message. I finished this morning. It's not only the same text, but it's the same verse. <clears throat> Brother Bertram was trying to pull out of me what I was going to preach tonight. And I'm not going to tell him because he has always a better prayer than my messages are. But he, he, he thought, verse number four, uh, that uh, when you get to that text, uh, verse number three, uh, it, is not, it, is, it is not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing. Not in your eyes. Well, that's not the message. <laughs> you missed it, Brother Bertram. But I'm looking forward to the message tonight. I hope it'll help you like me this evening. Let's bow for prayer, shall we please? Father, there's literally no way these people will ever know how much I love them and I appreciate them and I respect them. 
And I feel so privileged to be called their friend and to be called their pastor. And I pray that tonight they'd capture what you have shown me from the word of God this week. These two words this morning. And now these two words tonight. God help us to use it for your glory this week. In Jesus' name, amen. It's amazing to me how many, God, how many times God will teach us a life lesson with one word. In the Bible, just one word. Our three words, fear ye not. Our two words. I'm amazed what, what influence two words can have on my life. The words, the girls sang it tonight, be still. God wants us to be still. We ought to live our lives and say, okay, the girls sang it, so I better take it with me, jot it down. This week, I have to be still. Uh, the words, uh, stand still, are the words, fear not, are the words, consider now, or remember now, are sound doctrine, or keep yourself, or love not, or rejoice always, be patient, or in James, pray again, or repeat it throughout the entire word of God, take heed. Two words, just take heed. Listen up, is what he said. How about these two words, draw nigh, James chapter four, or humble yourselves, our children obey, and wives submit, and husbands love, and come boldly, and good soldier, and be quiet, and be content, and faint not, and hold fast. I would like to have you be motivated, someone here this week and the remainder of this year, to go on a campaign to find all the two words in the Bible. Just two words. I'd like to publish a book on one word, two words, three words, and four words that these words are so very, very important in our life and describe those words. But God says nearly 365 times I've been told, fear not. One for every day of the year, fear not. Don't get yourself all worked up, fear not. Stand still, two words. I'm, I'm so thankful for the word of God. This morning, I saw with you two words that were repeated three times in verse four. Now, be strong. And then he said again, be strong. And then he said again in that verse, be strong. He was talking and speaking to the, the prophet was speaking, speaking to the political leader, the prophet, the political leader, the priest, the religious leader, and then he also talked to the people. And he refers to this in these two chapters repeatedly, the four of us, the prophet, the priest, the people, and then again, the political leader of the day. I, I want you to all be strong, be strong. Why, because God had something they needed to accomplish. Tonight in this same text, two more words. And I don't plan to be lengthy this evening, but I do plan to get this point across, these two words. The Bible says, be strong, be strong, be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord. And then there's two words. Do you see it in your text there? In chapter number two and verse number four, be strong, be strong, be strong, ye people, for I am the Lord, and two words, and work, and work. 
Some people just simply want to be strong and not do anything. Some people want to just work and not be strong. But these two words are two ingredients in every child of God, every teenager, teens, as you're listening out the tent out front, you need to be strong and you need to learn and work and work. Tonight, one message, and work, and work. God has a work for you to do and God has a work for me to do and all of us need to leave here and say, if I don't know what it is, I have to find it this week. God has a work for all of us in the harvest field not ripen. There's a work for all to do. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. The word work just simply means to do. Don't be hearers of the word, be doers also. So if I'm gonna work, I'm to do. I'm to labor, I'm to accomplish. I'm coming to you on the behalf of one word tonight, two words, and work, and work. God created us to labor. Six days shalt thou labor. God does not want us sitting. God does not want us resting. God wants us to work. I want you to know that tonight, I will give money freely and so will my wife to anybody. But if they refuse to work, I'm not gonna give them any money. If a man will not work, it doesn't say if he cannot work, I'll help people that cannot work. I'll help people that are working that are having a hard time, but I'm not gonna help anybody that will not work. If a man, the Bible says, if a man will not work, he should not eat. Government, government is wrong to be doling out food and doling out money and bringing liquor and bringing drugs and bringing food to the hotels in San Francisco where the homeless are living if they will not work. They must work. You know, a man will never feel fulfilled by having a government bring to him. Say, well, it's government's job. It's, it's benevolence. A government has no heart. They have taken the heart out of the church. It's the church and the Christian that ought to consider the poor. My Bible says in Psalm 41, blessed is he that considereth the poor. God will bless you. I had a pair of pants hemmed up the other day and it cost $10. And the little sweet lady from another another country, communist country, she's been trying to keep her doors open. She's been working so hard. She was shut down for so long and she's just struggling tears in her eyes. Well, good night. When it came time to pay the $10 bill, I had two $20 bills. I went to the bank specifically because I knew my wife's known this lady for years. I knew for $10, I was giving her 40. And oh, you know how uh, uh, some folks, oh, no pastor, no pastor. No, don't, please don't do that. And I said, it is an honor to do this. Went and got a Haircut, that's about all I get cut these days, a haircut. I don't even know why they charge me, quite frankly, for my hair cut. Some of you guys go get your hairs cut. I just got my hair cut. It was $13. I always give the man, he's been out front, and when he finally got to open, I give him $40 every time. I say, well, you're rich. I'm not rich, but I'm looking for all the time someone I can help. I'm looking for someone I can be a blessing to, but I will not help somebody who will not work. If a man will not work, he should not eat. I want to say tonight, and work, and work, and work. First, I want to say this. Discover what you're supposed to do. Discover your 
calling in life. Let's call it man's work. What are you supposed to do? What's your job? And I want you to understand there is no job that is menial. There's no job that you ought to hang your head down and say, well, I just do this for a living. There's nothing wrong with your job. But life means that you find how you're bent and what you're supposed to do in life and find it and then do it with all your mind. In other words, you find your vocation. You find your livelihood. You find what it is that gets you out of bed in the morning and go to work and work. Be strong, be strong, be strong and work and work and work. Labor, put some sweat in it. Noah, he worked and he built an ark for over 100 years. He built a ship. Abraham, he established a nation. Moses, he organized the nation. Solomon, built a temple. David led a people as a king. Esther preserved a people, for she said, as she was told by her relative, for who knoweth, but thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. It's gonna cost you something. And she said, and if I perish, I perish. Thank God for Esther. She worked. She did what she was supposed to do. Thank God for Lydia, the seller of purple. And she got saved and she began to invest her life in the work of God. Thank God for Nehemiah. He built a wall in 52 days. Thank God today for Mary. She was the one that carried the, 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 the baby Jesus within her womb. Thank God for John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Look, you must determine what you're supposed to do in life and then do it with all your might. I got thinking today, this week, so much about our president because our president is suffering with COVID apparently. I don't know all the degree of it. He's 74 years of age. He worked a lifetime and became apparently very, very wealthy. I think he undoubtedly was doing what he was supposed to do. But it's an amazing age 70, he found out what his true calling was. All of that, knowing, owning businesses, dealing with people, working with people, all of that was preparation for being the president of the United States of America. Just because you're retired, perhaps God used your vocation and your livelihood all your life to get you prepared for such a time as this. We have scores of men right now and undoubtedly ladies that are retiring in our church. And I tell you what, I'm so blessed to see you're getting involved in something at the work of God. You come down here and volunteer. You're serving in the mail room. You're serving in the maintenance. You're serving in the housekeeping. You're serving in the bus ministry. You're serving and going out door to door, passing Bibles. You're doing something. You don't retire and sit on a couch with a remote. That is not retirement. J.C. Penny said you don't retire from, you retire to something. I admire you people in this church. 
I think of Brother Art, how you have dedicated your life to work with the fire department down here. A policeman retired. Brother David, all you do and you're down here, all you to work and so many people. God bless you and you're working. Brother Reyes, now you work in the mail room. You just retired after all these years of delivering mail. Let me tell you something. You have never had a better job in all your life than work at the house of God. Thank God for work. I thought so much this week as I thought about this subject work. This church has four superintendents in our Sunday school that have worked in the Sunday school over 40 years. Brother Jim Carey joined us on October the 1st, 1976. Jim Carey is hearing his pastor preach probably for the first time on Sunday morning all these decades because he's always been in junior church. Brother Carey has literally dedicated the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 10s, and now the 20s to teaching children the songs and the hymns and the Bible. He's been dedicated. Why? Because there's a work for him to do. I think of Brother Bill Manley who God allowed us to reach 1979 on a... On a a, 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 a day in May on a big day. About 1980, he became the Sunday school superintendent in the primary division. Thank God for him all these years been teaching and preaching the word of God. I know he's had open heart surgery recently here in the front row somewhere. I saw him right over there. And thank God for him. And he's mending and getting back to strength. And thank God one day COVID will be gone. And thank God he'll be back in his spot overseeing that Sunday school. Thank God for Brother, Brother Paul Skirty, who 1977 began to superintend the beginner department all these years as a layman, serving as a salesman, serving in that ministry with his wife and kids through the years. I'm talking about you gotta find, you have to find your work in life. What are you supposed to do? I wonder, as I think of God's people tonight, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to be a mailman? Then be a mailman. If you're supposed to be a janitor, then be the janitor. If you're supposed to be a missionary, then be the missionary. But work, 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 do work. John Rockefeller Sr. said this, when a man is born, when a man is born, his work is born with him. Mothers and dads, you see the great need of raising a child and figure out the way that child is bent. I always wanted our son today is celebrating with his wife and church the third year anniversary of their church. I always prayed every day of his life, God, would you please let Tim be a preacher? Would you please let him be a pastor? Will you please call him into your work? It's this week, many years ago, took our college up to San Francisco, the Hamilton Square Baptist Church, and we had preaching in there, that old, big, beautiful building downtown like a th cathedral. It's beautiful. That morning, he walked forward and knelt by the windows over there. I didn't know about it, but the invitation, Brother Boroff was preaching, and he walked forward and said, God, I've given my life to you to preach the gospel. I didn't know about it. He never told me for years. I heard him preaching about it one day. I thought about that day. I never told Tim, Tim, I believe you should be a preacher. I never told him, Tim, I'm praying every day for you to be a preacher. 
I didn't want him to be in that position where he felt like he had to do this, fulfill a dream of a father. But it was my prayer. And every day I'd pray. I'd fast about it. I'd beg God for it. I want to tell you something. The thrill, he's a preacher of the gospel for all these many years now, worked with us for 13, 14 years, whatever it was, and now there, I'm so very thankful for it. But when he was born, I, I knew something was special about him. I knew something was special about Tiffany. I knew there was something special about Tabitha. And they're all different, and they all have different likes. But I'm telling you something, it is a thrill that God all three times and with their mate has answered our prayer, never told them they had to go serve God but beg that they would want to serve God. God has a will for your life. Find out for your child how they're bent. I would have been so proud of them if they would have been a computer programmer. I'd have been so proud of them if he would have been a landscaper. I'd have been so proud of them if he would have been a police officer. Whatever it is in life. But I do know this, that when you're born, your work is born with you. You must learn what you're supposed to do. Martin Luther King was speaking March 18, 1968. As he spoke, he was speaking in Memphis. And he said, my dear people, if your work calls you to be a street sweeper, sweep like Michelangelo painted. Sweep like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep like Beethoven composed music so that when you die, on your tombstone, it will say, here lies a great sweeper who did his work well. What's so wrong with being a street sweeper? What's so wrong about what we would think a lowly job in life? If that's how you're bent and that's what God has for you, then do it a lifetime and work, and work, and work. I love the ministry. No one has to set an alarm for me tomorrow morning. No one has to tell me to get out of bed seven days a week early. I get out of bed early every single day because I am welled up within my heart, the excitement of working. I've never lost the wonder of it all. What a joy to always abound in the work of the Lord. Mothers and dads, how important. Teach your kids how to work. Teach them how to clean the room, make the bed, organize the closet, straighten the dresser drawer, sweep and mop and teach the girls how to wash clothes and cook and bake and housekeeping and teach the boys how to cut the lawn and wash the car and wax the car and teach them how to paint and all of them teach them if you know graphics and design and computers teach them what good they can do and teach them how to play an instrument and get them on an instrument and get them in their academics and then don't allow anything to embarrass you what they feel called of God to do let them do it with all their might Find your work, find your work. And secondly, and I'll close, don't put your shoes on because the clothes might be a little bit longer. Alvin Martinez won. He's eating popcorn back there, I can tell. But not only find your work, find God's work. Find God's work. These people, these people had no desire they said, it's not time to build the house of God. Chapter 1, verse 4. It's not time. We don't want to get involved with this. We have our sealed houses. Things are looking good. We're enjoying life. And we're doing well in life. Friend, God did not save you to sit and to sour and to soak. God saved you to accomplish something for his name's sake. 
And every single one of us must be involved in something. Let me address it for a few moments tonight. I will want to say this as we think of the Lord's work. I want to think of people in a moment as I say your category. If you have been serving this area more than 25 years, 25 years or longer, I want you to honk your horn. I think of the bus ministry. And I thank God for the bus workers, several, many of you. There's probably a half a dozen been here in this church or longer and more than that, uh, uh, 25 years. I think of the mechanics that have been serving God as mechanics and all God's mechanics said amen. I think of the choir that's been in the choir all these many years, 20, 25 years and more. Where are the choir people tonight? Thank God for all of you tonight. That's working. That's serving. Can't wait to get the choir back. I think of all the deacons that have been deacons for 20 and 25 and 30 and 35 and 40 years and more. Thank God for the deacons. They found a work to do. Thank God for the nursery workers and the nursery workers that are working and all the nursery workers that are working. I know we don't have nurseries now, but your nursery workers, say amen. And all the Sunday school teachers and all the Sunday school teachers said amen. And all the bus, all the bus workers that are on the bus ministry, thank God for you tonight. I'm talking about the fact, find your work, find your work, what you're supposed to do. But find God's work. He equipped you at salvation. He gifted you. Perhaps you're gifted as a teacher. Perhaps you're gifted with helps. Perhaps you're gifted in ministration. Perhaps you're gifted in giving. God gave that gift of giving and thank God for the privilege to give. Then, friend, figure out how you can exercise that gift every single day of your life and invest in the work of God. I know this may sound secular to you, but I pray on the daily basis that God would give us people of means that will get behind this church in this day and do many wonderful things because they have the gift of giving. Somebody, somebody, God's giving you that gift. You need to just go over here and buy that corner building for us. We need that corner building right now. Somebody, and they've tried for 14 years to unload the firehouse, and they can't do it every time it falls through. The city owns it. Somebody needs to just go buy that parking lot over there. We'll put it in for bus parking. We'll put it in for staff housing. We'll use it for something. But we need that building and we need that. And on Eldo, we need 545. And we need 555 Eldo. And somebody ought to just go buy it. You say, that's a lot of money. That's millions and millions and millions of dollars. And guess what? God could raise up people to do that. This is God's work. We're at, we're right at the tribulation. Who knows? Who knows if it's maybe today or maybe he'll tarry a week, a month, a year, two, five. But all oh, we need to be busy in his work as he comes again. I think tonight of what COVID has done for us. 31 weeks, have you been serving God? You still can serve God. You see, my ministry's been taken from me. All of our ministry has been altered. I didn't even go have prayer with that deacon I've known for over 40 years when he had open heart surgery. His wife could not even go in the hospital. What a hard day that must have been. 
What a hard day when one of our members just had a limb removed, a young person. And what a hard day for those parents to sit out in the parking lot as that limb has been removed. What a hard day when people have been diagnosed with cancer or their surgery, and we had surgeries again this week. And what a hard day when a husband or a wife sits in a parking lot, can't even go in for six, seven months now. I've not made a hospital visit. I've not made a rest home visit. I've not made a jail visit. I've not been in the house of anybody that I know of because you're not allowed in. And I've done some door visiting. I know that. And passing tracks, I know that. But my friend, my entire ministry is different. This is different. But I'm still a preacher of the gospel. And there's still a work for me to do. And I'm going to see that God somehow will use me and conquer it. Sunday school teacher, there's still a work. There's such a thing as a porch visit. There's such a thing of taking every student's name and contemplating that student in fourth grade. I wonder how they're bent. I wonder what they're supposed to do. God, I'm gonna pray for this little girl. I'm gonna pray for this little boy, George. I'm gonna pray for this little student, Carlos. I'm gonna pray for these kids by name. I'm praying for their mother. I'm praying for their daddy. I tell you, I've had more time to pray than ever before. And prayer is work. It is work. It's difficult, but it's important. Sunday school teachers, porch visits. Sunday school teachers, prayer. Sunday school teachers, letters. Sunday school teachers, send lessons. Sunday school teachers, encourage. Sunday school teachers call the parents. Oh my goodness, there's so much to do. So I can't teach my class anymore. That's a fatalistic attitude. There's still people to reach. I think of the bus workers. They have been so incredible. Our bus workers have been going to the doors of the children and talking to mothers and dads on the porch. Every week the children say, I want to come back to church. I want to be back at church. When will the bus begin to run again? Staff members, don't come and complain to me. Figure out a way to fulfill your ministry. Deacons, thank God for you. God has a work in the harvest field I ripen. There's a work for you to do. And work, and work, and work. Get your job and work. Get the ministry, what God has for you as a layperson or as a staff member, and work, and work, and work. Jesus, Jesus, in John chapter number 17, he came to do one thing, and he worked in the work of God, his Father, and he said in John 17, 4, I have finished the work that thou callest me to do. I have finished the work. Paul, the disciple, the, the apostle, in 2 Timothy 4, his head was about ready to be severed. Chapter 4, verse 7, he said these words, I have finished my course. I finished my work. One day I'll breathe my last breath and so will you. I wonder today if you're going to be one of those couch potatoes as you get older. Are you going to just keep working and serving God? I want to serve God to the day I die. I want to be active in his work. I want to do something. This property always looks good. Why? Because we have people every day during COVID coming down here and they're painting and they're fixing and they're repairing. We have five backpacks or six on this property and we're putting them on every day. I put one on last week and worked for hours out here. I use a vacuum cleaner every single day of my life during COVID on this property. I'm going to get involved in the work of the Lord. 
I'm going to be involved in God's work. I'm not going to sit in my office and complain how bad things are. I want to work in the work of God. I want to serve God in these days. God gave these Jews a job. They were sitting in their sealed houses. And as they sat in their sealed houses, God said, I got a job for you to do. And in chapter 1, verse 14, they immediately got up and said, we will accomplish the work. Nehemiah went to his people. And he said in chapter 2, verse 18, and ye see the distress that we're in, how the Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us rise up and build. And the people with one assent and one consent, they said, rise up and build. We're going to the work. And in 52 days, they put a wall around the city for two million Jews. Why, they worked. North Valley Baptist Church for 45 years has always been known as a working church. And I want you to consider two things tonight. One, one, what are you supposed to do with your life? What's your livelihood? What's the task that God created in your life? It might be a little confusing at first. It was confusing to me because I knew God could not use someone like me. But the day that I said, Lord, I give it all to you and I surrender. It was my sophomore year in Bible college. You've heard this story, so I won't need to go through it. When God got my heart that day, I still wasn't prepared to say yes to preaching. I knew he wouldn't be asking me of all people. But I said, God, I'll do anything. I just want to serve you a lifetime. And I want to tell you something. The journey of life has been so wonderful because serving God, it pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. It pays every step of the way. I'm so thankful for serving God. God's been so good to me. I never believed that my life's work would be the ministry. I wanted it after the military. I thought the military would be first, but then God said it's the ministry. I'm so thankful he revealed his desire for my heart in my fear, in my inability. I'm so grateful I said yes. He's done exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think. And these are the great days of my life. I'm looking back and saying I'm hanging on to every moment God had given me because I love serving God. I love this. It's a wonderful thrill. It's not the way I would have chosen these days of my life to be a have a COVID thing, but I want you to know the COVID thing is turning out to be a great blessing in my life. I don't understand it. I agree with the people that have lost loved ones, but God's teaching me so much. And I pray that because of it, I'd be a better Christian whatever days lie ahead if Jesus should tarry in his coming. I'd ask you to find your work, find what you're supposed to do. I can recall when my father-in-law hired me to be a music director, but he said, Jack, your big thing here, you're gonna have to be the janitor. I thought that was the most wonderful thing in all the world. I loved being the janitor. I loved it. We have people here that are in maintenance. They do such a good job, but I tell you one of the reasons why they do such a good job, their attitude is they're part of the team. They're part of the family. There's no lousy jobs. There's no secondhand jobs. There's no you're the lowly job. There's no I'm the highest job. There's, there's such a thing as we're... A, 
co-laborers together. I want you to understand, God has a work for you to do. If you're a computer programmer, do it to the best of your ability. If you're in business, make it succeed. Don't be taking days off all the time. Six days shalt that labor. But not only find your work, but during COVID, find God's work. What are you supposed to do? So oftentimes we battle with God because we don't want God to do what God wants me to do. I remember when I was in college, and I remember memorizing this poem. And it's meant so much to me because it speaks of my life. I said, let me walk in the fields. He said, no, walk in the towns. I said, there are no flowers there. He said, there's no flowers, but there's a crown. I said, but the skies are black and there's nothing but noise and din. But he said, souls are sick and dying in their sin. But I said, the air is thick and the fog is veiling the sun. And he said, as he wept, and sent me back, there's more. He said, there's sin. I said, I shall miss the light. And my friends say, they'll miss me, they say. But he answered, choose you tonight. If I am to miss you, are they? I pleaded for time to be given. I said, he said, is it hard to decide? It will not seem so hard in heaven to have followed the steps of your guide. I cast one look at the fields. And then I set my face to the town. He said, child, do you yield? Will you leave the flowers for a crown? Then into my hand, his hand went mine, and into my heart he came. And I walked into that light divine, the path that I'd feared to see. I don't regret that song a mile. I've traveled for the Lord. <clears throat> I'm glad God let me discover my work. When I was a young man in the 60s, I was working in the grocery store business. And I must say at first, I, 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 all the way through to my last, I loved it. I loved false facing the shelves, bringing all the product to the front. I loved going there at 4.30 and 5 in the morning and opening up the produce and, and taking the lettuce and taking a knife and cutting off the bottom of it to make it fresh looking. I loved hosing it all down and cleaning it up and stacking all the lettuce and all the carrots and stacking the apples. I, I loved it. I loved working in the dairy and I loved working in the beverage aisle. I loved working in cereal and getting everything. I just enjoyed it. I loved bagging groceries and I loved checking out with the old three for a dollar, 34 cents, 33 cents and pulling the lever. I enjoyed it. I remember they'd send me over here to to uh, El Camino, I mentioned that a week ago or so. I loved it. I thought I could do this a lifetime. A lifetime. I still, when I go to a grocery store, I rarely go. But I see how they got it all looking so beautiful as they do it at night. I've literally thought, if the offerings go down, and I thought if the Lord would have me to not have a paycheck, 
I'd like to go to a grocery store and ask them if I could work nights and straighten all the aisles and load all the shelves. Because, friend, I want you to know something. Whatever it takes, I want to do that so that God's work can go forward. Could you find the work you're supposed to do? This week, find the work you're supposed to do. Discover it. When you discover it, you'll get out of bed in the morning. When you discover it, at the end of the day, you'll feel completion and joy. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.